love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number three of the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. My name is Alex Streamer. It's a pleasure to be with you this week, as it is each and every Wednesday here on this Wednesday, June 29th, as we head our way towards the 4th of July weekend, my favorite holiday of the year because it's great sun, it's great fun, and no gifts. I mean, I feel like I've been hemorrhaging cash here so far this summer, so it'll be nice to, uh, well, not have to spend on anybody else, because that's uh, that's the American way, is it not? Uh, writing solo this week, no guest, but that's okay. Three major stories in the sports media world that I want to talk about with all of you, and the first one is really being billed as new media versus old media. I'm talking about uh, our trio of carnival barkers, Skip, Va- Skip Bayless, Stephen A., and I'm including Kendrick Perkins in this as well, feuding with NBA stars Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, and Draymond Green. But I really don't think that new media versus old media encapsulates what this, what these feuds are really about. I think it's really whiny athletes who just can't take criticism from basically wrestling characters who shouldn't be taken all that seriously, especially by NBA stars who are making. Uh, tens of millions of dollars annually. So let's start here and let's begin with the Skip Bayless and Russell Westbrook feud. And I don't mean to get too in the weeds with the details here, but I do think it's important to talk about some of the backstory because that leads us to where we are today. Uh, So what happened here with Skip and Russell Westbrook? Well, earlier this season, uh, Russell Westbrook took a lot of offense to the Westbrook nickname that not only Skip Bayless has been calling him, but many fans have been calling him as well. You may remember last March, Russell Westbrook vowed to confront anybody taunting him about the Westbrook nickname after his wife Nina said their family was receiving death threats amidst Russell Westbrook's poor play. Skip Bayless, as I mentioned, has been one of the leaders of the Westbrook movement. On February 27th, Skip Bayless tweeted this. As I kept saying, when LeBron pushed the Lakers to trade for Westbrook, for Westbrook, he has led the NBA in turnovers four times and finished second in turnovers four more times. He is who he always was, camouflaged by averaging a triple-double four of the last five seasons. So, okay, right? I mean, what's so bad about that take? Yes, Skip Bayless called Russell Westbrook Westbrook. Haha. Then he went on to talk about his turnover numbers. For a sports analyst, for a sports opinionist, if you will, uh, that's totally fair game. There's nothing more sporty than talking about an NBA player's turnover numbers, right? Well, Nina Westbrook, Russ's wife, took offense to that. She tweeted, a number of things at Skip Bayless, beginning with this. You've got to stop calling people out of their name. You are very disrespectful and a bully. This is why so many young people think it's okay to exhibit this type of behavior. Social media has become such a heinous place because of people like you. My name is Westbrook. All right. And Nina fired back about a week later on March 4th. 
I'm tired of you, at Real Skip Bayless, calling my husband out of his name. It is extremely childish. That is my name as well. And any other people's name, you're disrespectful. And I am extremely offended by your behavior. You should apologize. Apologize, Bayless, calling Russell Westbrook, Westbrook, and talking about his shooting percentage and turnover numbers. So that's the backstory. And now here's the latest. Skip Bayless last week tweeted a shot at the Lakers' second-round pick, Michigan State's Max Christie, who shot only 32% from three last season. Bayless tweeted this out the night of the NBA draft. Perfect. He'll fit right in with LeBron and Westbrook. So Russell Westbrook responds this time Friday night saying, you, watch your mouth. Don't say anything here. You wouldn't say to my face. So that tweet was sent out Friday night by Russell Westbrook. Not Westbrook. Don't come after me, Russ. Westbrook. So Skip Bayless waits until Sunday night to fire off his response. Ooh, I wonder why. Uh, perhaps to set the stage for the week. Skip came out with a challenge, tweeting, hey, Russell Westbrook. And then he tags him, so he sees it, at RussWest44. Very nice. Happy to talk face-to-face about the nickname, I believe I originated in 2012. In all caps, join me on TV slash podcast. Let's talk about how you'll make 47 mil next year after being the worst three-point shooter in the NBA. Most overplayed player ever. Please join me. Wow. So that is a challenge from Skip Bayless, who, as I mentioned, is nothing more than a wrestling character with a sports TV show. I mean, he is a 70-year-old man who lives on the West Coast yet sets his watch to East Coast time so he can be ahead of everything. I've read magazine profiles on Skip and Men's Fitness, other journals. He proudly talks about how he sweats through his shirts at tapings because he's just competing so hard. He paces during commercial breaks, can't even look at Shannon Sharp in the eye because they're going at it so hard while they're baiting sports. I mean, it's it's laughable, right? I mean, talk about inflated sense of self-worth. But Skip Bayless is doing what Skip Bayless does. He is ripping Russell Westbrook for his play on the court. He's calling him Westbrick because Skip Bayless is an entertainer. And in his mind, Westbrick, ooh, that's a fun little shot. And Westbrook is buying into it. He's being way too sensitive here and playing into Skip Bayless's name. As I mentioned, this is not a personal attack. It's a silly nickname based on Russell Westbrook's shooting percentage. I mean, really, has he ever heard sports talk radio in his life? I mean, I used to work daily in sports talk radio and stuff that you, I mean, this, this would be the, like the tamest thing ever said about a Boston athlete on Boston Sports Talk, Westbrook to Westbrook. Are you serious here? You have all these people finger-wagging Skip Bayless. Oh, this is too nasty. Skip has to pull back. Why is this getting so personal? Russell Westbrook and his wife are the ones making this personal. Westbrook is not over the line. Again, it's a nickname based on his shooting percentage. So this is not old media versus new media. This is an athlete, again, being way too sensitive about commonplace criticism. So that's a Skip Bayless and Russell Westbrook saga. Now we move on to Skip's former running mate, Stephen A. and Kyrie Irving. 
Stephen A. Smith has eviscerated Kyrie all year long for his refusal to be vaccinated and thus missing most of the Nets' home games way back in October of 21. Stephen A. called it some of the stupidest nonsense he's ever seen. I agree, Stephen A. And that continued throughout the year. Then, once the Celtics swept the Nets out of the NBA playoffs in late April, Stephen A. blasted Kyrie with a number of rants, including this one. He said, quote, I would never give that man a long-term contract again in life. Ouch. Every deal for him would be a one-year deal. Every deal because you can't trust him. You can't trust him to show up to work. If he gets the money, he's the kind of dude. I don't feel like working. I'm going to get it off. And guess what? He's willing to afford the loss. If he could stock some pay, so what? It's no big deal. Kyrie is the kind of dude who will get $30 million and go like this. All right, I'll take 20 and skip this time off and leave his brothers hanging. It's who he is. It's who he has been. And the fact of the matter is, what's going on with the Nets right now is a direct result of his negligence. Ooh. Ooh, Stephen A, he's pretty good at this. No wonder I gets paid $12 million a year, huh? So let's recap. What is Stephen A saying about Kyrie Irving? What has he been saying about Kyrie Irving all year long? He's criticized Kyrie Irving for, A, his refusal to be vaccinated and thus missing most of Brooklyn's home games, and also his poor play against the Celtics in the NBA playoffs. So that, again, is what Stephen A is criticizing Kyrie Irving for. It seems to be very simple, very straightforward. Well. This week, Kyrie Irving did the brave thing, as he told us, and opted in to his contract with the Nets next season. So he will play for nearly $37 million. As Kyrie says, the bold, that's such a bold act. How brave of him. You know, normal people keep the world going, but bold people get acting. Amazing. I mean, we should laud Kyrie Irving, give him the, a humanitarian award for playing for $37 million. So. Obviously, anybody who's followed this even a little bit knows that Kyrie Irving exercised his player option because he had no other options. The Nets reportedly gave him permission to seek a sign and trade. There were no suitors out there except the Lakers, who apparently didn't have a package that interested the Nets at all. So Kyrie Irving opted in because he had no other options. He could have opted out and then maybe signed like a $6 million mid-level exception with the Lakers. But even someone as detached from reality as Kyrie knows that voluntarily surrendering $30 million is just completely asinine. So he opted in because he had no other choices. Okay, so he did that. Stephen A is off first take this week, but he's insatiable. He posted a video on Twitter reacting to Kyrie Irving, exercising his option. Stephen A called it like it is, saying, you don't show up to work, you're stuck. Because even if someone wants you, they're still going to require that you show up to work. According to, to Kyrie, anyone in that position pretty much is a peon. Hmm, funny how karma works, doesn't it? Because he's a peon too, just like the rest of us. See you in Brooklyn. So the challenge once again laid down. So then Kyrie Irving tweets in response to Stephen A. Smith. At Stephen A. Smith, you're going to have to explain yourself to people in your generation I am not around many 50-year-olds that speak and act like you do, so this is new for me, but I'm sure my father and my uncles can meet you on your level better than I can. We know you, Stephen. And then Stephen A. responds with a posted message on Twitter, uh, going at Kyrie, you've got a twisted bro, big time. I don't have to explain a damn thing to anyone, especially you and your father. 
He does mention his uncle, Rod Strickland, is another matter because Stephen A. loves that brother. And he goes on, be honest about, about what you've truly been doing. Uh, name the time and place and I'll show up. I keep receipts, bro. Show up. You do, do know what that is, don't you? Uh, so Stephen A. Smith, much like Skip Bayless, his former partner, like uh, he challenged Russell Westbrook to a debate, challenging Kyrie Irving to a debate. And once again, this is a huge win for Stephen A. Smith because he's engaged in a very public feud now with Kyrie Irving, one of the biggest stars in the NBA and all of pro sports. And this is exactly why ESPN pays Stephen A. Smith $12 million per year. This is exactly why Fox Sports pays Skip Bayless $5 million per year. They pay these guys these absurd amounts of money to talk about sports on TV because of the interest and reaction that they generate. And especially in today's world of content aggregation, social media, viral posts, viral tweets, this kind of stuff is currency. It is amazing to have Russell Westbrook feuding with your top opinion person and Kyrie Irving feuding with ESPN's top opinion person. And again, you look at Stephen A, maybe this stuff is a little more personal than the Skip Bayless, Russell Westbrook stuff, because Stephen A is talking about Kyrie's vaccination status and talking about his effort level and his compete level, but it still is within the context of sports, right? Kyrie was unvaccinated this season and as a result was ineligible to play most of Brooklyn's home games. Kyrie Irving was terrible against the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. Kyrie Irving quit on his team at various points, not just this year, but throughout his three years with the Nets. He's only played 103 games in three seasons with the Brooklyn Nets. So Stephen A. Smith is talking about that. Kyrie's performance over the last three years in Brooklyn, especially his performance this year, where he only appeared in, again, 20-odd games, Kyrie Irving fires back Stephen A saying that he doesn't talk like many 50-year-olds that he knows it. I mean, what does that even mean? So again, I'm not putting this feud in an old media versus new media context. This is, again, a NBA superstar in Kyrie Irving who can't take Stephen A. Smith criticizing his basketball ability and his performance on the court. That's what this is. And they're, and he's playing into Stephen A's hand. Stephen A loves this. This stuff is great for first take. He That's why he issues rebuttal after rebuttal after rebuttal. Stephen A Smith wants to drag this out. Every time that Kyrie Irving personally responds to Stephen A Smith is a massive win for Stephen A Smith. And the fact that he doesn't realize that tells you that Kyrie Irving eh, probably is not as smart as he thinks he is. So Skip Bayless, Stephen A, Westbrook, Kyrie, that stuff is pretty cut and dry to me. Overly sensitive NBA superstars. Draymond Green, Kendrick Perkins is a little different, and that's why I saved it for last year. This one got very personal this week, but though it's a little different, I still think we come to the same conclusion. Draymond Green, an NBA star, being far too sensitive. So the backstory here, Kendrick Perkins has been criticizing Draymond Green for the last couple months. Draymond has clapped back several times. They went back and forth a couple times in May, early in the NBA playoffs. Perk ripped Draymond for supposedly being afraid to shoot the ball 
after Draymond got ejected against the Grizzlies in a playoff game. Perkins said nobody wants to hold the Warriors and Draymond accountable. So, okay, then we have what happened over the last week. Fresh off his fourth NBA title, Draymond Green released a new episode of his podcast Sunday about how dumb talking heads on TV don't know basketball. He mentioned Skip Bayless by name. He then compared Skip Bayless to Kendrick Perkins and bemoaned the fact that Perk wasn't leaning on his on-court experience in his work. Draymond said, Kendrick Perkins, you act like this clown, Skip Bayless, and it's baffling to me. He could never be like you. You know why he could never be you? Because he's never done it. You go up there acting like him. You don't have to do that, buddy. You played. You did it. Go talk about it. Or can you not? That's fair. All right, that's cool. Draymond has a podcast. He responds to critics on this podcast like any good podcaster would do or any good host would do. You got to stir the pot. Draymond knows that. So that's fair. But then he makes it personal by calling Kendrick Perkins a racial slur that begins with the letter C, four letters. Uh, you know, you go from being an enforcer to insert the slur here. How does that happen? At least you act like an enforcer. I don't really ever take you for one. So that's where we are with Draymond Green and Kendrick Perkins. Then Perkins posts a video defending himself and then deletes it shortly thereafter. He takes some shots at Draymond Green saying, quote, you're all barking, no bite. We know this. The NBA brothers know this. You can talk about me as an ESPN analyst. You can talk about my takes. You can talk about everything you want to do. I don't give an F about that. What you're not going to do is disrespect me and call me a mother effing insert your racial slur here. So this again got very personal. And Kendrick Perkins, as I mentioned, did delete this video just a couple hours after posting it out. I think probably based on a strong recommendation from his bosses at ESPN, because as I mentioned, this is different than Kyrie, Stephen A., Skip Bayless, Westbrook, because Steve, that, that again, they kept their criticism to purely a basketball context. Perkins and Draymond are throwing racial slurs in the mix, getting really weirdly personal to an uncomfortable way. But when I look at this feud, who's more right, who's more wrong, it's Draymond Green who's more at fault here. Because again, being way too sensitive, you just won your fourth NBA championship. What do you care about what Kendrick Perkins is saying on ESPN studio shows? I mean, really. And if Draymond Green wants to use his podcast to respond to Kendrick Perkins, that's all well and good. But you throw in a racial slur, you start insulting Perkins personally. Kendrick Perkins didn't insult Draymond Green personally. Yeah, he, insult, he insulted his shooting ability. He insulted his play on the court. He said that NBA uh, players aren't afraid of Draymond. So yeah, he was a little biting there. But he didn't call Draymond Green a slur. He didn't take a shot at Draymond's family. That's what Draymond Green did to Kendrick Perkins. So just like Kyrie, just Russell Westbrook, Draymond Green being way too sensitive. Skip and Stephen A., as I mentioned, are wrestling characters. Perkins is an opinionated NBA analyst. These guys should all log off, enjoy their millions, and enjoy their summers. They're only helping those whom they criticize. This stuff, again, is gold. 
for the Skip Baylesses, Stephen A's of the world, and even Kendrick Perkins. You know why Kendrick Perkins is acting more like Skip Bayless than a thoughtful ex-player NBA analyst? Because this crap works. He has a long-term deal with ESPN. He's omnipresent now on ESPN's NBA coverage because of stuff like this. It works. It works. All of these guys are supposed to get reaction from their takes, and that's what we're doing here. So again, don't tell me new media versus old media, or, oh, this stuff is so personal. It all needs to stop. No. No, Skip, Stephen A., Perkins, these guys are going to continue to do what they do. And it's up to the NBA stars who make like $35 million a year to realize, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to quote tweet Skip Bayless today. And maybe I'm going to enjoy my $37 million and enjoy my summer. So why is this stuff all over the news this week? Perk, Skip, Stephen A., these dudes are doing their jobs. This stuff is all over the news because NBA stars are way too whiny and way too sensitive. And that's not a new development. That's a story as old as time. The only difference is here, they have the the podcasts and the social media platforms to air their grievances and show the world just how sensitive they truly are. All right. So we have sensitive athletes going after media personalities who want to garner reactions from them. Now we go to what I think really is more of a new media type of storyline, and that is Julian Edelman's interview this week on the I Am Athlete podcast. This podcast is hosted by Brandon Marshall, Adam Pacman jones former NBA player Nick Young. They've done a number of newsworthy interviews over the last several months, including one with Cam Newton. I think this was the one in which Cam Newton made all those uh, – sexist and misogynistic comments. Uh, Basically, Edelman gave, I think, and I'm in Boston. I've been following the Patriots uh, for quite a long time and following Julian Edelman very closely for many years. And I think Edelman gave maybe his best interview ever in this podcast. Yes, Julian Edelman, who now works for NFL Showtime, has a personality. He has a media brand. But when he was a player, never the best interviewee. Actually, always quite bland and I would say at times dismissive. Uh, when Edelman was being interviewed by reporters. But of course, Brandon Marshall, Adam Pacman Jones, Nick Young, those are not reporters. Those are ex-athletes. And Edelman, as a result, I think gave the best interview he ever did. He spoke candidly about whether he'll return to the field. He said he's worried about Mac Jones entering his second season. He called out the Patriots for their defense and their decline in their defensive talent. And I think most tellingly, Edelman backed up former teammate Martellus Bennett's criticism of Jimmy Garoppolo. Way back in March, Martellus Bennett on Devin McCourty and Jason McCourty's podcast called Garoppolo a bitch for not playing through a a shoulder injury in 2016 when he was starting for Tom Brady. While Brady was serving his deflate gate suspension, Bennett had, I think, one of the best lines I've ever heard. You can't win with a bitch at quarterback. So, Edelman backed up Bennett's criticism of Jimmy G on the I Am Athlete podcast, said that many players in the locker room felt similarly, and it's created big news. And this is the future. Athletes talking to each other. Everybody has a podcast now, including athletes. J.J. Redick has gotten some unbelievable stuff from his guests on his podcast this year. And it makes sense, right? 
athletes are more prone to open up to other athletes. So that leaves schleps like me and traditional media people far behind. I mean, there's really no competing with this, right? I mean, it makes sense that Julian Edelman would feel more comfortable talking candidly about teammates with Brandon Marshall, someone who played at the league and played on a high level, than say with Alex Reamer, as great as I am. I understand that. And this is a continuation of what we've been seeing for many years, beginning, of course, with social media. Then we had the Players' Tribune, which was groundbreaking in its own right. Players would no longer need to talk to reporters to get their stories out. They could write them themselves or write them with ghostwriters, post them on Jarek Jeter's website. And the advantage of the Players' Tribune is that it doesn't go through a reporter. It doesn't go through an editor at a newspaper or an online publication. It's them. It's their words. So they can only tell the side of the story that they want to share. Similarly, if you're Julian Edelman and you're going on the I Am Athlete podcast, you know that you can talk candidly. You know that you can talk openly, but yet you're not going to get any hard and challenging follow-up question because these guys, you're all in it together, right? You're all football brothers. You've all played. You all know the game and you're all operating on that same kind of wavelength. So if you're Julian Edelman, you can go on there and you know, all right, I'm going to get asked about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to be honest about Jimmy G and say that, yeah, I had questions about his toughness as well. And then I'm going to say my piece and move on. And I'm not going to get pressed. There aren't going to be challenging follow-ups. Like if I were interviewing Edelman and he was talking about Jimmy G and deriding Jimmy G for not playing with a shoulder injury, I would say, well, I mean, what do you think this says, Jules, about the culture of the NFL? forcing players to play through injuries, that would be an uncomfortable question. You know that Brandon Marshall and Adam Pacman Jones are not going to ask Julian Edelman that question. So that's why he feels more comfortable sharing it with them than he would on any other podcast or radio show. And this is what it is. These athletes have an advantage over all of us. They're circumventing the market. It started with Players' Tribune, social media, and now the podcasts are just a continuation of that. So look for more of this. As we go on through the years, the ver- you know this year, next year, until the next innovation comes along, where I think you're going to see the most revealing interviews with athletes not happen on TV shows, not happen on traditional radio shows, but happen on these kinds of podcasts hosted by other athletes. It's just at it's just it's just it's just some athletes dishing, and we're all just left to watch and then aggregate and react to the content. I want to close the show this week talking about uh, Tanner Houck, who is the closer for the Boston Red Sox. He is unvaccinated, and as a result, he was not available for the Red Sox game against the Blue Jays on Tuesday, which they lost by a score of 6-5. to five. The Jays scored two runs in the ninth off Tyler Danish and Hansel Robles, two rather mediocre relievers, for those who don't know, and Tanner Houck. Of course, getting killed for this because he is the Red Sox closer. And if he were vaccinated, he would be able to travel to Toronto and thus play against the Blue Jays. But he is unvaccinated. And as a result, the Boston media exploded on Tanner Houck. Dan Shaughnessy of the Globe called this the most richly deserved loss ever. Anti-vax Sox closer is back in Boston enjoying personal freedom while the Sox pen blows a 5-4 to four lead in the ninth. Uh, the Red Sox are now two and seven against the Jays, seven and sixteen versus the AL East. But evidently, everybody's okay. Sean, as he says, with Tanner Houck quitting on his team. Chad Finn, who's another columnist for the Globe, 
says Karen has a blown save for Dr. Hauk. Uh, Jaron Duran, who's one of the Red Sox top prospects, he's been their leadoff hitter for the past several weeks. Also not on the trip to Toronto because he says he's still doing his research about vaccines. Okay. And this begs the question, is this fair game? Is this about politics or is this about sports? And obviously the COVID and vaccine debate has become beyond politicized, but this is not about politics. This is about criticizing a player who's putting himself ahead of the team. And what do you call it? When a player puts himself ahead of the team, you call that selfish. So that's what Tanner Houck is being. He's being selfish. The criticism directed towards him is being spouted in strictly a sports context. It's the same stuff with Kyrie Irving. It's the same stuff we had uh, in the NFL when there were a number of quarterbacks who were unvaccinated. Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, a couple of others. It's all fair game for criticism because... It's criticizing them from a sports context. Tanner Houck is the Red Sox closer, thus he's their best reliever, and he's unavailable to play against a top division rival because of his decision to be unvaccinated, leaving his teammates in the dust. This is not liberal members of the Boston sports media pushing their politics and everybody else. These are members of the Boston sports media talking about sports. And the biggest sports story in Boston today, Wednesday, is Tanner Houck, the unvaccinated Red Sox closer, not able to play against the Blue Jays and thus cost the Red Sox a game. And this is a big deal because if the playoffs were to begin today, the Red Sox would play, guess who? The Blue Jays. And guess where they would play? They would play in Toronto. So I know we're all tired of the COVID vaccine debates, but this will continue to be relevant all season long, as long as Tanner Houck remains unvaccinated and remains unable to join his teammates in Toronto for the most important games of the season. So there you have it. I guess I'm a defender of all uh, old media, quote-unquote old media today, but I really think this is a week where we saw sensitive athletes, uh, in the case of Tanner Houck, a selfish athlete who rightfully is getting blasted for leaving his teammates in the dust uh, hopefully you all don't think I left you in a dust this week. I know we were just solo, but that's okay. It happens from time to time. If you have any show ideas, guest ideas, topic ideas, feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter at AlexRemer1 is my Twitter handle. That again is at AlexRemer1. Programming notes, I'm off next week on vacation for the 4th of July. We'll be back in two weeks. A big show with you, I promise. In the meantime, download, listen, subscribe, rate us as well. Sports Media Mayhem Podcast. You can find us wherever you can find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.